Welcome back to Bible Love. As we continue talking to folks who create resources and opportunities for the church, let us pray. Almighty God, you proclaim your truth in every age by many voices. Direct in our time, we pray, those who speak where many listen and write what many read, that they may do their part in making the heart of this people wise, its mind sound, and its will righteous, to the honor of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, today we have Ashley Wallace with us. Ashley is a part of our summer series that we have um, had such a fun time putting together. Um, I found Ashley on Instagram by following a couple of other people and got really interested in what she does. She um, runs the liturgical home. She's married to an Anglican priest. They're church planners. And we're going to ask her all about her story and what all she does. So Ashley, thank you for being on the Bible Love Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start out, like, tell us your story a little bit so we can know and then lead into how God called you to do the ministry and the work you're doing. Love okay. to hear that. Okay. Well, I grew up in a liturgical church, um, but there just wasn't a lot of good explanation um, to me as a high schooler that uh, I didn't understand why we did what we did. I didn't understand why we bowed when the cross went by or anything like that. And so as I started to get really passionate about my relationship with the Lord, I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't want any part of this. I don't know why we do this. And so um, I went to a non-denominational church for a long time. And then I met my husband and he felt called to be a priest. And it was, you know, I loved him and I felt like God was calling me to him. But it was this tension of like, I don't want to, I don't know how I feel about going back into this thing that I grew up with. But, um, you know, fast forward to he went to seminary. And I was a young mom away from home. I was in um, Wisconsin and I'm from Florida. And I had a little baby and I was pregnant with my um, second child. And, you know, I love the Lord and I was trying to raise my kids in, um, you know, as Christians. And I just felt like I wanted something more. It just felt like, you know, we do our devotions at night. You know, I would put in the little uh, CD with all the Christian songs, but it just felt like I wanted something more. And so I had happened to be reading this article from the Milwaukee. It was just their paper. It was not a Christian article, but it was a new chef that they had brought in. And he was from France and he was from a small town in France. And he was like um, Advent had was coming and Christmas And so he was cooking all of these traditional Advent recipes in this restaurant in Milwaukee. And I just thought, that's really cool. Like there are these regions around the world that their whole community 
revolved around the seasons of the church and they had special foods that they cooked during these seasons. And anyway, I was just really intrigued. And so I started asking a lot of questions while my husband was in seminary and doing a lot of research and reading. And I just, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with all of the seasons of the church, um, finding out why we bow when the cross goes by, you know, just taking the time to research it and find out about all of these things, not only what we do during the service, but also just uh, just the whole liturgical calendar and all of that. I just fell in love with it and started just making notes and making little booklets just for myself at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, isn't that interesting how God works, like brought you right back into right. that liturgical space and <laughs> right. then you were like, I'm out of here. Right. And there you were. And so I think that's so interesting because I grew up in a liturgical home as well uh-huh. in space. Uh-huh. I'm an Episcopal priest and still I am cradle. And I just like did those things. And I don't uh-huh. think I ever answered, like I never questioned why. Right. And I loved that you have that curiosity within you. Uh-huh. And it really wasn't until I became more interested in the church and getting ordained and all those things that I really figured out why we do those things. And so now, yeah. like when I'm teaching my confirmation classes and stuff, mm-hmm. I really try to guess, like, what are they thinking? What was I thinking when yeah. I was in high school? You know, right. because like it, there is a reason for it. It's not just pomp and circumstance. Like right. there is a reason. Right. Every Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the the most powerful combination, you know, in a church service, in a liturgical service is all of that is so beautiful. And then when you actually teach your people what it means, you know, then when they go through the service, it's just, it's such a powerful thing. Because like you said, everything means something. It know? does. Yeah. I don't think we're just bowing at the cross for the heck of it, right? right. Like there's that's right. there's no that's right. reason behind that's right. That. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So you were doing this for yourself and then mm-hmm. like what happened? It God kept working on it, I think. It's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So I initially wrote one for Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter. And um uh after my husband was in seminary, we got put in a church in Tallahassee, Florida, and um we were in charge of college and young families. And um I just every day I would put the kids down for their little quiet time and I would spend time, you know, getting all my notes together. And if it was gonna be in a book, if it was gonna be in a guidebook, how would I write it? And so I just spent that time and wrote it, and then um my husband put it all together, you know, bounded and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we would just release it to our church mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not make any money off of it just as a like gift to the church. And um, we had a lot of good response and it was really exciting as a young mom to have these two booklets that the church used. But then we felt called to plan a church and um, that's hard and yeah. it takes a lot of time. And uh, it, we had little kids still, but you know, it's all hands on deck with my husband and me. And so the book definitely got put on the back burner a little bit, um, the two books. And, um, and that was hard, you know, cause as a mom, you love your kids and that is your life, but you also had this thing that you felt like God had planted in your heart and, you had started working on it and then to just have to kind of put that on the back burner and not really understand, well, what happened to that, you know? Um, and so 10 years later, 
Um, wow. I mean, we would, we would release the two little booklets to our church, but you know, you reach a saturation point in a small mm-hmm. little church plant after a certain mm-hmm. amount of time. And so, um, I met, a. a priest who was going to start working with um, a publishing house. And he heard about my two little booklets that I had. And he said, what if, what if I took your Advent book and we fleshed it out? And what if we made it into a book with devotions and everything? And, 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 but that was 10 years later. Isn't that wow. crazy? It is. Yeah, it, was, it was 10 years later. So um God's timing was, is sort of incredible in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. And things that you are like, I wonder what that was all about. You know, then later it will come back. Yeah, it was know? all it was all about planting that church, which Alan and I have never done. So like okay. kudos to you and your husband. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough time, like keep taking care of the churches. Mine's been oh, yeah. like 130 years. Right. Alan's like, what is it? 60 or something. I can't imagine. 60, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine like starting from the ground up. So that's yeah. amazing work. Well, really. thank you. Thank you. It's its own thing, but yeah, thank you. And it takes both of you, I'm sure. So the yes. books, the first book got published on mm-hmm. Advent, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that sort of kept morphing into more and more. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So Advent was released and um, and and COVID hit. So that was a couple of years where it was like, is this going to go anywhere? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're definitely back on track. And um, Advent was a big success. And at the same time, really focusing on my blog and Instagram just to build a community and to keep it going and keep it moving. So, um, you know, I really love the Instagram community. It's a sweet community and you meet so many people like, you know, meeting you and um, it's just amazing how it pulls different people together and you're able to share and be inspired by other people. And so I'm really enjoying that. You know, I get to, I'm, originally an art major. So I get to, you know, kind of be creative in my photography and making reels and thinking about like a concept I'm trying to put across to um, people who want to live liturgically. And how could I do that in a really beautiful, meaningful way? So I, I really like that. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but like in some denominations, like other than like Episcopal and Anglican and Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, the, the term Advent or the term Lent, like it doesn't really register. They don't, it, it just, right. you know, Christmas and Easter, we got it, you know, but all right. these kind of the, everything else in the church mm-hmm. season, but I feel like I'm seeing more and I, I shouldn't, I'm just not saying those three denominations. There are certainly other denominations right. that are liturgical, Lutheran, Methodist, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm seeing even like some of the non-denominational p- churches mm-hmm. and it, like it's starting to pick, pick up a little bit. I think. Yeah, definitely. That, that, so like, what, what, what are your thoughts around that? Like that it doesn't have to be with a certain denomination, right? Like there's a, this is about Jesus's life. It's not right. about the denomination. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. And I think it's just maybe an error that we've made in explaining it um, or not explaining it, you know? And so I think there's just this assumption that, oh, that's what like the Catholics do or the Mm -hmm. Episcopalians do or the, you know, and so you just like cut it off. You don't think about it anymore. It's weird. We don't do that. 
you know, but I think when there's a lot of education about it, like, why do we do that? Especially, like I said, um, you know, being in a non-denominational church, you know, it was really shocking to me because I was the youth minister at the church. And so I worked with the pastor and, you know, like for instance, when he was about to have his first wedding that he was going to uh, officiate, he was like, I, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, I don't know. There's, you know, cause we always had a service that we did in the yeah. book of common prayer. And yeah. he was like, I guess I'm just going to write off to these different companies and get their, you know, wedding services. And so that was a shocker to me. And then going through Easter, because it was like Sunday, 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 Easter, you know, and that was really hard for me growing up in a liturgical tradition, because I felt like there was such a beautiful preparation time for our hearts, because this is the biggest thing in a Christian's life is the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so it was just it was hard for me to just be like, wait a second, how are we going just normal Sundays to Easter? And then we just go back to normal Sundays again. Yeah. You know, so He's it alive. was really right? and nothing happened in between that. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so I just, I think there's just a hunger now. I think we are doing a better job explaining. And I think there's such a hunger for more, you know, um, of incorporating it into our homes, of unifying ourselves with the historic church, you know, really seeing that this goes all the way back to the beginning of the birth of the church, you know, and uh, I, I don't know, I, but I agree with you. I think I see such a hunger for it now. We share space with a non-denominational church, you know, and they do Advent now. They do an Advent oh. calendar now, and they do a type of Lent now, you know, which you just used to not see at all. So, yeah, I think there's a real hunger for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of your, like, favorite things that you've um, kind of brought to life on social media and you've seen some of the response and you're like, you know, people didn't even know some of these things? Because when you put it out on social media, you're really opening it up to everyone. And right. I'm, I'm curious, like, what kind of responses do you get? Because you have, we will, we will um, link Ashley's Instagram on this. Alan is fabulous at that. And okay. um, you'll really get to see this beautiful photography that Ashley does, the way she's like thinking about this and trying to make people understand the importance of it. So do you ever you. get like, what is this? Like we explain Lent to me, you know, like what are yeah. some of the responses you get? Yeah, I definitely get that. Like people just saying, I never knew, you know, I never knew that this is what this meant. And I think it's really beautiful. I think um, a big response I've got, which I was kind of shocked about was, um, you know, when I'm like happy St. Paul's day, you know, or, or whatever it, the saint thing, I think just makes people dismiss it immediately. Like, Mm, I don't want to have anything to do with that. That's weird, you know? And so just to be like, you know, Paul was a man who had a profound encounter with Jesus. And then he devoted the rest of his life to preaching the gospel and spreading, you know, and, and then if you can just remind people, like he was in the Bible you know, he loved the Lord. He had an encounter with the Lord and then he spent the rest of his life serving the Lord. I think that just like calms people down when you, I, I mean, you know, we know that 
St. Paul is who he is. But I think when you put that saint word in front of it, it just immediately makes people turn off to it. So that's been cool. And, um, you know, some really beautiful things that I've learned, you know, that I didn't know, like, um, for instance, right now, I'm really ramping up towards Easter, you know, and so finding out that all of those things that we fasted during Lent were gathered by people in their basket and then brought like lamb and eggs and butter and sugar, you know, all of that brought by the family to the priest on Easter Sunday morning to be blessed. Um, and then they go home and cook it and serve it, you know, or sometimes they would bring it on Holy Saturday night, you know, at the Easter vigil. But I didn't know that's where Easter baskets came from. And I just think that's so beautiful that there was this recognition. And I, I know they still um, do that in some parts of the country because we have Ukrainian refugees that are at our church right now. And they said they absolutely do that. You know, they still bring their baskets to the church full of food and it's blessed. And then they go home and cook it. But just such a reverence for God and such an acknowledgement that everything we have comes from you. And, um, and so before I even cook it, thank you so much for this gift of everything that we fasted during Lent and I'm going to bring it to the church and I want it to be blessed. You know, I want it to be blessed by the church. I just think, I think that's beautiful. It is so powerful. Um, I'm not a parent, but Alan is, and Alan has talked about many times and I don't want to speak for you, Alan, but just like having these resources for your children. Will you talk about that, Alan, a little bit and like the importance of the work Ashley's doing and others? Yeah, I think it's wildly important. So my boys, they, I had a previous career when they were born, we went to seminary and they were like five and three or something. And so when they were real little, um, I mean, we were parents looking for things to help raise our kids in the faith. And, and even as in seminary, right? Like they don't actually train you how to be a Christian parent in seminary. You still have to figure that out on your own. <laughs> and they teach you all these crazy things that don't actually apply to kids. Right. And so resources like, like y'all's are invaluable. You know, I think I've got, I had a copy here. Um, there's a, uh, pub, an Episcopal publishing house that does an Advent count, like a coloring wall calendar mm-hmm. and a Lenten one. Mm-hmm. My boys have been doing that since they were tiny. They're 14 and 12 now. And they still right? like it's these. That's what the liturgy does is it creates these patterns and these habits. Mm-hmm. We have to think about it, like you said, so we don't just cross ourselves and bow out of rote memory. Mm-hmm. But we do these things over and over and kids still ask for them. I mean, it's these patterns we have in our lives that like, even when, so my 14 year old, right. He wants very little to do with me because he's 14 (laughs) and I'm dad. Um, But we've been going to the donut store every Friday morning since he was a baby Mm -hmm. donut Friday. I have socks with donuts that I like. It's a whole deal. He's 14. He'll text me on Thursday night and say, Hey dad, are we getting donuts in the morning? It's like the longest sentence he communicates. (laughs) It's because we have these patterns and that's Mm -hmm. what, the annual Advent is Lent, right? It's these patterns that remind us there's something different about this. For my Mm -hmm. son, there's something different about Donut Friday, but there's something different about Advent, that it's not just let's go to the mall and sit in Santa's lap, but let's, you know, 
do this thing in our faith communities. And so having those resources for parents to think about it, to Mm -hmm. slow down. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. I think it's valuable. Yeah, I do too. And I, and just, um, it goes so much though with what you think your Christian walk should be, you know, it should be countercultural. It should be different than what the world is doing. And I think following the liturgical seasons really helps you actually to seem different as a Christian family or or just as a Christian, you know, very different from what the world is doing at that time, you know, because I I found before we did that, I mean, yeah, we were different in that we didn't do certain things. We didn't say certain things, but, you know, even the seasons like, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. We're going to ask Wednesday service tonight, or it just really separates you out and not in a bad way. And you know what I mean? In a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that you're saying that because I think with like families and not just families, like busyness and, you know, all this stuff, I think what the kind of ministry and the work you're doing is it tells us, okay, yes, there might be a soccer game on Ash Wednesday, Mm -hmm. but what is more important here? Mm-hmm. Is it our relationship with God or mm-hmm. is it that soccer game? Mm-hmm. And what is more important here to learn? And, and, and I always say like, and not that your work is just your own kids. Cause it's not, I mean, I've, I'm learning a lot of what you just following you on Instagram and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I want to share this. I want to share this. Yeah. Some of my favorite things are maybe they were like in the back of my brain when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but I, I can't recall them. And so I'm still like, trying to learn that and still trying to show that to my parish, the kind of work and ministry you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think there's always something more to learn, you know, yes. and these small seasons, these 40 days of Lent, mm-hmm. that's what we're in right now, y'all, even though this is coming out in the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're talking about Lent a lot. Like there's always every year, something more to learn about what Jesus did in that wilderness or the baskets right. you were just talking about. Like, don't we always want to be the kind of people that are open to that and making this, it's not a cutesy craft project. It is enhancing your life with Jesus. Right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I try to make very clear in, in the beginning of my book, you know, this is not, this doesn't take precedence over your relationship with Jesus, right? Nobody is saying that you have to make a king cake on Mardi Gras to be faithful to the Lord, you know, right. and we, we do, but we do this for ourselves. You know, we do this to help us mark the time, you know, like Alan was saying, you know, you're, you're not going to be a horrible parent if you didn't do donut Fridays, but look at the beauty that it brings, mm-hmm. you know, look at that connection that it brought because you established this tradition, you know, and I think it's the same way. It doesn't take precedence over our relationship with the Lord or, you know, the discipleship that we need to have happen to us, but it sure does make things richer and more beautiful and, um, yeah, just richer, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So now that we are in 2023 and, um, COVID is not behind us, but we, we know how to cope with all mm-hmm. of that now right. and live with us and all that. Like the majority of your work, would you say, are you writing again another something that we can hold in our hands or are we doing social media? What, where is your constant? Where is God leading you right now? I right now, um, yes, I will always be maintaining my Instagram and blog for sure. Um, I am currently working on, um, we're hoping to produce all of 
the seasons. And so my next release will be Easter Tide. And I'm excited about that because I don't think uh, that's kind of a thing like Christmas Day where Christmas Day, it's over, you know? Mm -hmm. So even if you have outside denominations who are celebrating Advent or celebrating Lent, um, it's over on Christmas Day or it's over on Easter Day. So I'm excited about that. Easter Tide is going to be my next book. It it should release, you know, um, within the week or two. And um, just walking you as a family through all the season, I mean, all the traditions and the foods and the meaning behind Easter tide. But then we're, we're hopefully just going to keep producing all of the seasons. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. And you then know, uh, every priest is like, you know, Christmas is 12 days, you know, Easter is 50 days. Like nothing irks me more than them being like, well, Christmas day, that was awesome. Easter day. That's all. I'm like, oh, you're missing yeah. so much. There's so much more right. richness in that. And yes. uh, I appreciate, I love that word Easter tide because it really yes. is 50 days yeah. that we should celebrate, not just one. Yeah. Right. And it's such a weird thing when you think about it, like we're supposed to feast for 50 days. And of course that makes sense. Like we're celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, but it's still weird. Like, what does that mean? How do you, how do you feast for 50 days? You know, what does that look like for our family or our church to love that for 50 days? So I'm excited about it. What a celebration. All right. And I interrupted you. And so you're going to try to continue to keep working on um, yes. all the uh, other seasons of the church and in your books and all that. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yay. So I'm excited. Yay. Thank you. Well, you have a lot to learn from Ashley and the work that she, the goddess put on her heart. Um, I love the power of the internet. And um, also I think God has something to do with that too. Like mm-hmm. connecting people and your work and your ministry, we implore you to go and follow her and, the work she's doing because I think she brings such a gift to the importance of why we do this. That again, that it's, it's all to enhance our relationship with God. Is that, is that what you would say is like, this is why you do this, right? Yes, absolutely. Cause it's, it just enriches everything. And you know, um, when you go, when you really think about it and you think about the old Testament, that's the way it's always been, you know, it was never just a faith where, you went to synagogue or temple and then you were done. You know, they had festivals, they had feast times, they had fast times, they had traditional foods that they ate, they had the Passover meal. You know, it was an experiential faith. You know, they had incense, you know, it involved everything. They knelt, they stood just like we do, you know, and so it's not a new thing. It's, it has its roots all the way in the Old Testament, you know, and as Christians, we have just taken that and then we're like, okay, but Jesus is it now. And so everything we want to revolve around the life and death of Jesus, you know, so I, I love that, you know, when people point it back, it's always been in the Old Testament too, you know, so it it makes perfect sense that we would still have feast days. We would still have fast days. We would still revolve around these seasons in Jesus's life. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for helping us remember. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Wow, this is so important. And listeners, um, go follow Ashley. um, But also remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does.